Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, I'm Nick DiMatteo and welcome to week 203 in video episode number 29 of 4T, the Thursday throwback track. Every week I take a release from my collection, I discuss it, I give you my take on it, I throw in some other stuff, and I talk about how it has influenced my music. This week, it's a topic. I've got six of these bad boys right here. Singles, 12-inch singles. And what do they have in common? They are all 1980s second-tier singles with production that nailed it. So my kids came over the other day and my daughter was wearing a shirt that said, C'est la vie. So being a child of the 80s, of course, I couldn't get the song C'est la vie out of my head until I played it. So I played it for them. The Robbie Neville version here uh, was written by him actually. And they liked it, but it got me thinking, maybe I'll do that for my podcast. And I looked stuff up and honestly, a, a lot of the stuff that I have one-offs, they don't warrant a full podcast for me, partly because they weren't seminal enough artists for me to really blow out and discuss, you know, and, and, and it doesn't mean that I don't have respect for the original uh, artists or the songs, it's why I have them in most cases, but, but I just didn't, you know, didn't feel compelled to put together an entire 10 or 15 minute podcast on just that one song. So I started looking through my collection and I found about 20 singles that were like that and that's too much for one podcast and they didn't all have something in common so I grouped them into about three different groups and this was one of the groups these six songs here including the one we're listening to now Jermaine Stewart's We Don't Have to Take Our Clothes Off parentheses in your head to have a good time oh no uh, Robbie Neville Say La Vie as I mentioned um, I didn't mean to turn you on Robert Palmer Human Leagues Human not my all time favorite of theirs but I do like it and Scritti Politti very interesting band you should look them up perfect way uh, man what a history they have um, I could talk about them in a different podcast I don't know and finally you can't see this that well Pseudo Echoes Funky Town Remake and I said, well, they, they, why did I group them together? What do they have in common? And that's when I came up with the idea that these are not singles that you readily think of when you think of the 1980s. Do they sound 1980s? Yes. Yes, they do. But if somebody were to point you on the street and say, name me a 1980s song, you're not going to name any one of these. I guarantee you would not name any one of these six. And why is that? Well, let me tell you a story. The 1980s. Production. Values. We know what happened ah, by the end of that decade. And if you don't, 
That's why I'm telling you this story. In the beginning, there was hardly any reverb. Things were crisp and tight, and they were bouncy and funky, but dark at the same time. They were clean, they, they, and yet they had a, a grittiness to them. And this is in rock, this is in pop, this is in funk and R&B and any style you can think of. I'm not gonna use the word genre. And they had awesome amalgams of styles and sounds that created that post-punk new wave you know, feel through even throughout the, the, the all of those styles were influenced by that. And then, as the decade wore on, 82, not bad, 83, 84, you know, transitional. By the time it hit this year, this song, 85 and beyond, things started to get out of control. Uh, it got too full of itself, as styles and eras always do. They get overindulgent. You started to hear the big crashing snare sound. There's a, there's an echo in this snare. More than you might realize unless you listen to other eras and realize that that's an echo. Uh, and uh, the, the keyboard sounds got overlayered. The vocals got overlayered. The guitars got overlayered. The keyboard sounds got cheesy. They got overused. Things like that. It's a perfect example of why every 10 years or so, another style comes along and kicks the ass of the previous one. It cleans the slate. It happened in the late 70s when Punk said, we can't take progressive rock and, uh, and touchy-feely singer-songwritery stuff anymore. And I'm not saying those are bad. They were great when they did their thing and did it right. Here's Scritty Politi, perfect way. But at a certain point, they got overindulgent, like all styles do. And so in the 80s, what happened? End of the 80s came along, and things were getting overindulgent. They needed to get back to tightness again. So in the early 90s, you started to have grunge. You started to have uh, uh, the production values that had relied less on reverb, for God's sake, and were simpler. Got a little rootsy, even, in a lot of ways. Um, but until then, of course, you had what we remember as the big 80s. But again, you remember it because you're thinking of the big 80s, the big hits, things that really define the 80s. And when you think of the 80s, this is a song you think of. These songs, although they all charted and charted high, honestly, they were second tier singles. Again, you don't readily think of them when somebody names the 1980s. And, and yet, and my argument is they still did it right. They took what was learned in the early 80s and they applied it to the, the, this, this chunk of the mid-80s. These songs run from 1985 to 1987 and, and did it in a way that you don't get tired of listening to. It doesn't overwhelm you with production. It did only what they needed to do. It was very choice, very tasteful. And also these songs have never been overplayed. So that's, I think, another reason why you don't get tired of the songs. Uh, yeah, they're not, they're not necessarily representative of their time, but my God, did they nail what they did. Um, I, you know, again, Human, a little slow for me. I, there, are other, there are Human League songs that I prefer, but any of these, I don't get tired of listening to them. I'm glad I have them. I have them as, a 12, as 12 inches because I was a DJ at the time, and we needed non-dance tracks to break up the monotony of the dance tracks and yet what else do these have in common they're all danceable you can dance to all of them that's something that i always found kind of awesome that you could be in many different genres and still have danceable music um 
Yeah, and I'm reading my notes now. Uh, and there are some other things that they have in common. First of all, three of them are not originals, in a way. You have, of course, I didn't mean to turn you on, which was written and produced by Jimmy Dam and Terry Lewis a couple of years before for an artist named Shirelle. You have Funky Town, which, I mean, if you know the song, you know it's from the 1970s, Lips Incorporated. But Pseudo Echo did an incredible version of that, I think, uh, and brought it back into public consciousness almost a decade after, actually a decade after it was released uh, originally. And then Robbie Neville, who did actually write the song C'est La Vie, wrote it for a gospel artist named Bo Williams. I listened to that version. I have it on the Spotify. I have all these on the Spotify playlist, and it's good. But Robbie Neville's version a couple years later, even better. So it was it was those people saying, I can take those originals, and I'm going to go ahead and even knock it up a notch. And, and yeah, you may have a taste for the originals. I totally understand why, because they're all awesome. And again, all on the Spotify playlist. But for me, these versions outdo the originals. Uh, the other thing that they uh, have in common, and I think the thing that really unifies all of them, is that other than the Jimmy Jam Terry Lewis influence, these were all independent. They were independently produced. They were artists that were focused on their craft. They were artists that had a sound in their head and wanted that sound to be produced. And I don't mean just the performing artists. I mean the producers behind the work and in some cases the writers and all of that. They, were, they weren't done by the big 80s machine. And, that, and I think that, that is probably the thing that makes the most difference. They came from slightly left field, you know, and, and um, not, again, not to take anything away from the big 80s uh, artists and all those songs that we all know very well and love, but th that's the difference here to me. And I think that's the thing that, that influenced me the most. Um, I, as, as I said, I'm a child of the 80s. So I was influenced quite a bit by a lot of the things that came out of the 80s. And I talk about bands like U2 and The Current Cure and Prince and all that. Of course, my big ones. Um, but pop music of the 80s and, and before and after has had as, as huge an influence on me as a whole, not as one single artist, as any of those other single artists. And you can hear that, I think, very, very readily. You hear it throughout my music, but you can hear it very readily in two particular songs, which, again, I've included in the Spotify playlist, uh, and I have linked below under the text, and they are my one of my most recent single, single, singles uh, from my band, Wreck, Whatever We Have to Do to Wake Up High, and a song from uh, my band, Wreck's album, uh, the Sunshine Seminar, KPS, which stands for Korean Pop Song, because that's what I modeled it after. Listen to those two. Listen to the Spotify playlist. Click the links, those links, and share them. And read the text, the alternative text, if you'd like, though I think I summed it up even better here in your face um, video. And thank you for listening, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. Please do subscribe. Thank you for watching this video and all of my other videos thank you for tuning in to my facebook live gigs if you do i perform every tuesday thursday and saturday on facebook look up nick dematio you will find me or check out the playlist that i have here on youtube subscribe so you know when a new concert comes out so you know when a new podcast comes out i have another new podcast that is a, a much shorter podcast that has to do with how music connects to real life uh, please check that out as well. But before you do, listen to what you're, we're listening to now. And listen to the Spotify playlist and ask yourself, do you like these songs? 
do you hear the difference in production from the 80s and, other, and another era from these songs and other eras from the 80s? And do you, do you understand what I'm saying about kind of the crispness and, the, and, and it's kind of a more a tasteful production? Um, I want to hear what you have to, to say. I want to hear what you think. I want to hear what you feel. Because as always, other than music, my objective, which is the big objective, the objective here is conversation and connection. Thank you again, and I will see you next week.